Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Women's Rugby Show Weekly Podcast with me, Sam. By the way, I'm back again for episode 12 of the podcast, where this week we've got a bit of an England on the 20s special. We were in camp at the start of this week, down at Bisham Abbey, where we filmed all sorts of different content which will be coming out across our Instagram and Twitter platforms over the next two weeks. But we also filmed an episode of the podcast with Ella Cromack and Amelia McDougall, two of the kind of standout breakthrough players in the PWR this season. Two young fly halves who've made a step up from England's under-18s last year, where they made their debuts for their national team at under-18s level, and they're now in that England under-20s setup as well. We also hear a little bit about the British and Irish Lions from me, giving my, a few of my opinions after the announcement today that they'll be touring New Zealand in 2027. We also hear from Georgia Evans on that issue because we spoke to her after their win against Extra at the weekend. She touched a little bit on the Lions. Sticker and Saracens, we also hear from their head coach, Alex Osterbury, and centre Sophie Bridger ahead of their massive game against Gloucester Hartbury this weekend. Before we get into this episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts to listen to us on the go. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, don't forget to head over to Instagram, Twitter, X, Facebook, and all of the social media platforms just to see all the other content we produce, especially the stuff coming out of England under 20 in the next two weeks. Really fun to film, so I hope that comes across when it gets put out as well. If you've done all that, make sure you get into this episode. And first of all, we hear from Ella and Amelia from Bisham Abbey yesterday. Um, so Amelia, Ella, thanks for taking your time out of your camp for chatting to me. Just how are you finding camp so far? How much are you, how much are you both enjoying it? Yeah, no, camp's always a good experience to be with um, loads of great players who are also around your age. So it's just nice to come in. Also, we're friends with a lot of the people here, so it's nice to see them all again. So we're all playing for different clubs now, so yeah, it's nice to see them all. Yeah, I think obviously being in like the Queens and the Sarah setup, like we're kind of the younger ones, so it's nice to be able to come into camp and be able to like boss it for about like 10, 12. Yeah. Obviously, you say the younger ones in the Queens and Sarah squad, but you're still quite young in this setup, both fresh out of 18. Just how have you found that kind of step up in level from say under 18s camps last year to being in the 20s camp now? Yeah, I think it's quite big. Um, I was saying to a coach the other day actually, like going from college to 18s is quite a big step, step up, but like now going from like prem rugby to 20s like it's not a step down but it makes us like i personally like more comfortable as a player coming into camp knowing that i'm surrounded by like internationals in training and learning from them all the time yeah no coming in um yes yeah, it's, it's, it is definitely a big step up from um, under 18s under 20s like everyone everyone's getting better and everyone's playing each week and learning more and more um so yeah under 20s is it's a good environment to be in because everyone's pushing each other to be better. Just going back to under 18s last year, obviously you were both involved in that squad. You played at the game at rugby school and you were obviously both involved in the Six Nations Festival. Just how did you kind of find that whole experience of playing for, the, for your country? Yeah, no, playing for your country is always going to be a really good experience. Um, and for it to be in England and with friends and family to be there, it definitely, definitely helps and makes you feel more at home. Um, but yeah, the experience was really yeah, it was pretty surreal. I remember being at rugby school and like singing the national anthem for the first time, like unreal experience, and just like seeing my shirt as well, like it was crazy. And just kind of going a little bit further back for you, kind of you started your career. I know you were a massive Saris fan growing up, so obviously still are. Just um, played for Saris and amateurs as well. Just kind of both of you, how did your careers kind of start, and what were your kind of earliest memories of playing rugby? Yeah, so I was at Saris since. Um... I was around six, and that was because both my brothers were there before. They're both older than me. Um, so I remember just going down there once and watching them play, and just always 
always always loved it from then. Yeah, so my dad used to play rugby um, and like kind of just naturally got into it through that. I started at Newbury Boys and then went to Reading because the Newbury girls, they didn't have a girls side anymore. Um, and then yeah, just went off to college and yeah, that was it really. Just how important is kind of the CV level? Obviously you both will have both played a lot of that um, in the last few years. Just how important is that kind of making that step up and bridging the gap between say playing club rugby to step into that kind of academy in PWR pathway? Yeah, no, it's really good um, to play at CUV level because, again, like you're going from your college setup to then CUV setup, which is then a good jump, and it then helps you come back to college and take your learnings from that and bring it into your college setup. So, yeah, CUV is a really good stepping stone uh, in the pathway, and I learned a lot from that. Yeah, um, so I was at Wolf CUV, like, as Amelia said, like, I think it was a huge step up, but. It's the first time that like we're getting involved with academy or like potential like, international stuff. Um, yeah, gutting like was just ended the way it did, but yeah, it was a class opportunity and I think I learned a lot from from those two years. Just to touch on that about wasps, obviously, sadly, no being no one being around in the PBR or the men's side. Just how did your move to Queens come about? Kind of what conversations were had with their coaching staff for how do you move there? Yeah, so obviously it's quite random going from wasps to Queens, but. Um, my college coach actually had a connection at Quinns um, and the head coach had watched the England v Wales under 18s game um, and yeah it kind of just snowballed from there um, went over for like a couple trial sessions um, really enjoyed it and so good. How have you both kind of enjoyed making that step up this year I think two kind of fresh out of England under 18s fly halves kind of stepping up massively into the PBRs kind of caught a lot of eyes just how are you both enjoying it kind of how much have you enjoyed taking that next step? Yeah, it's it's a great opportunity and stepping out uh, each week in the Savage Shirt is definitely is an amazing feeling. Um, I didn't expect it to come so early, um, but yeah, it's just stepping out with those girls every week, um, it's a great feeling. Yeah, I mean, similar to Amelia, I didn't expect all this game time to come so quickly, so when it did, obviously I was thrilled. Um, it's class being surrounded by like a nine, like Lucy and Flo, <clears throat> and also like, 12s, the likes of Rachel Burke, it's pretty surreal. And then having like Scotty and Bella at 10 to just learn and bounce off of is, is unreal as well. And just how important is it for you both to kind of make sure you snatch those opportunities when they come? Like you said, you did really expect them to come so early. Just how important is it to kind of make sure you are taking these opportunities so quickly? Yeah, it's obviously important. Like every game you, you get, you, you're not always guaranteed to step out next week, so you've always got to put a performance in. Um, but yeah, having people inside you and outside you who are international players um, really helps with that. So yeah, it's just it's really good. I think Ella's obviously talked about the players who she has kind of to learn off, but Amelia, how who have you kind of learned the most off in that kind of Sari squad? Well, obviously Zoe, when she's in, she's always telling me loads of tips and what I can do to improve. But like Leanne Infante, Sophie Bridger, Ella, like having them inside and outside of me just gives me the confidence to go out there every week and just just do what I, I feel like is right. They tell me always to back my decisions and just be confident in it. Um, and they, they'll, they'll back me no matter what I do. So, yeah, it's just great having them. Around. And obviously you both made your Prem debuts quite near the start of the season. You were involved in the club quite a lot as well. Just what were those Prem debuts like for yourselves? Yeah, uh, pretty surreal. Um, like I said about just game time in general, like Cup was class, but I didn't expect to get any Prem game time. Um, so yeah, coming on against Ealing in the second half, it was pretty crazy. I mean, obviously Amelia made a start, so that was crazy as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, just really enjoyable. Yeah, no, um, 
that first game against Loughborough, it was, it was, yeah, it was an amazing feeling, and to, especially it being at Stone Axe um, and having my family and friends there watching to run out in a Sari in the Prem at 18. Um, was definitely not what I was expecting my first uh, start to be like, but yeah, it was an amazing feeling. And kind of, um, when in the week did Alex tell you that you were going to be starting? Um, that week. So we had training on Tuesday and then on that Wednesday, you either get a call or you get a message saying if you're starting or not. And I got the message to say I'm starting and yeah, I was shocked by a smile. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked but it was um, very nice. Yeah. He was the first person told after you found out you well, but both of you when you found out you making prime babies. Uh, probably my mum and dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably like texting like, yeah. I'm, I'm starting on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, probably mum, dad, friends. Just to kind of have a look in another, obviously you talk about the playing the Stones. If you have big game at Twickenham recently, mm-hmm. just how was that as an experience playing in uh, records? Um, re- I don't know how they word it. The records, domestic crowd, Club, the women's game. Yeah, just um, how was that? Yeah, it was crazy. Obviously, I didn't get loads of game time, so that was a bit gutting. Um, but just to step out of Twickenham was crazy. Um, I did a, like some kicking with Ellie the day before as well, and like the pitch is huge and it's, the echo as well. It's <laughs> mad. Um, but yeah, just a super enjoyable experience. Hopefully, there's more to come. Just obviously, both of your sides, two of the teams in the league, have quite a lot of alignment with the men's side. They do a lot together. <laughs> they push the women's game so much. Just how important is that for you as kind of younger players in the side yeah. to have? that inspiration to go all we're playing for two of the Premier Clubs in the league? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely good because we want the women's game to progress and having the backing of the men is like definitely pushing it forward and being at Quinns and Cyrus, how they work so closely together with the women's and the men's sides, yeah. definitely pushing it further and further, getting it closer to being fully professional. Yeah, we get a lot of crossover sometimes with players and coaches, so like just having that extra like knowledge speaking to like Marcus and stuff like that like it's crazy and just yeah great experience and I think the women's game will just fly and just obviously for you first Ellie, you scored your first try against Chiefs I think this start of December was it yeah, yeah. just like um how nice of a feeling was that kind of crossover white was for the first time yeah um it was a great feeling I remember cutting back inside and thinking oh I was like should I have done that um I was on the bench in the first half and a couple of our players have been cutting back in Bella gave me a great ball and I saw the gap and just went for it. It was yeah, crazy experience and it was class to be at the Stoop as well for that. Mm-hmm. All my family were there, which was really nice. And just going off um, personal achievements, obviously, Emily, the RPA under 23 award, just, I'd never know how to call it. Just how cool was, was that to kind of get that recognition from people voting for it as well? Yeah, no, it was when I first saw it on my phone um, that I'd been nominated, I was just not expecting it at all. Um, and then not really thinking much of it and then seeing it pop up on my phone that I won it was um yeah it was crazy to be honest like to see to see that people are actually seeing what I'm doing on the pitch because at 10 you don't like get the most tries you don't um yeah you don't really get tries but you want to set up people and you want to you want to create spaces for other people so for people to recognize that and see that like yeah it was, it was really nice feeling. Do you get told by the club if you you actually just see it on social media. Just saw it on social media, to be honest. That's wild. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You'd think they'd tell you. Yeah, I thought so too. I just saw it on my phone. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bit of a different question, but how do you see? Where do you see each other's strengths on the rugby pitch? So, 
kind of Ellie, where do you see Amelia's kind of strong points in the game? Um, yeah, definitely a few. Um, I mean, obviously that was the crossfield kick um, against Quinns. Um, <laughs> that was class, and just like those little attacking kicks in behind, um, great at running to the line as well. But just an all-round player. I think probably playing at twelve a bit last year is definitely like that as well. And the rest? Well, Ellie's got a huge boot on her. <laughs> that um, that yeah, she uses in the prem, um, and you can see that. And then she's just great at picking off defenders. And, Given either to the short runner or the run, uh, player out the back, so yeah, she's making good decision maker. <laughs> you both mentioned kicking there, I think it's something historically in the women's game that's not been massive. Obviously, you see in the PWR there's people like Clakey George, Gloucester, who kind of one of the biggest exponents of it, just where you two have massive parts of kicking the game. Just is that something you've developed growing up? Is that something you've always kind of had in your arsenal, like weapon? Well, I think we've both played football yeah. growing up, yeah, so yeah. I think that's definitely helped both of us. Um, and yeah, I just I watch men's rugby a lot, and I I love how they use kicking as such an important thing in their game, and I I personally want to bring that into women's rugby because I feel like that's such a big part of the game. Um, and then I just speak to Kevin and kickers out in our squad um, about how we can bring that in and how that's going to work in our in our playing dynamics. So. Yeah, I mean, similar, like I said, I played football as well, so I think that definitely helped. Um, I love kicking off tee as well, so I think it kind of just spiralled from there. I used to watch Dan Carter a lot, um, and yeah, just watching kicking and like the way it can open up defences and opportunities, I think, yeah, should be I'd like to say, do either of you kind of model your game on a fly half or a back from either the men's game or kind of the women's game? I would love to play like Marcus Smith, because um, I just, don't I love how, yeah, <laughs> don't feel, uh, I just love how he, picks off gaps and he's just got that acceleration to run through and his kicking game is he just picks the right kick at every moment so yeah to play like him one day would be would be class. Yeah. I presume you're sticking with a set out of being DC, yeah definitely Dan Carter. I think he's a class player as well obviously I know he's retired now but like even just the confidence, you know, World Cup final kick off the wrong foot, stuff like that. I think yeah. I love his creativity and just desire to be the best. You mentioned football there, but just kind of away from rugby, what do you both kind of get up to, kind of to downtime and kind of chill off the pitch? You're at, you're at uni, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, so uni three times a week um, at Stonex, which also helps. Um, I just like, I do like being with my friends, but then also just have a time with them. Yeah, so I'm not at uni this year. I just have a part-time job, so obviously working and then rugby. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the time I just need some time on my own just to like digest it. You can just chill out, really. Um, but yeah. Just to go back to uni, but obviously there's quite a few of this under-20 squad here at places like Hartbury, Loughborough, playing in that women's national league. But just what's uni like for you? Kind of what are you studying and, and how important is to kind of have that something away from the pitch future-wise going forward? Yeah, so I'm studying uh, sport and exercise science, um, which does link into rugby quite a lot. But it's also it's also quite useful as well um, how it links into rugby, um, and you can just pick up with your SNC coaches about what you've learned about them. So it's quite nice to talk about that. Yeah, it's something that I definitely want to go into um, uh, after sport and exercise. And just kind of. What are your both of your kind of biggest inspirations and kind of driving force on a pitch? You both mentioned family quite a lot, but just how important is that for you? And what kind of other inspirations do you have when you're running out on a pitch? 
Yeah, I think I've got quite a few goals that I'm looking to in the future. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to play in the 25 World Cup. I think that's a goal for me, um, whether that's play or just go in the squad. Um, yeah, family is a huge driving force. Um, obviously, my dad played, so it's class for him to be able to watch me as well. Um, yeah, pretty similar to what you just said. So, um, to be in that 25 World Cup would be just to be a part of it um, would be an amazing experience. And definitely family as well. Um, my dad's always loved rugby, so to to like make him proud of like he always used to watch me when I was younger. So just every game he's always at. So yeah, to put on a red rose shirt um, and play in the World Cup. Would be You've both kind of just answered my next question now about <laughs> going to be kind of what is your kind of like one year goal for kind of the rest of this season and then kind of another five year goal as well. So. Well, one year probably to get in, to get into the 20 squad and go to the Six Nations in Italy. Um, and then, yeah, just future goals. Just keep going at Sarri's, see where I can get with that. Obviously, Zoe is coming back, so it's going to be tough to... <laughs> to compete with her but yeah just also just me trying to improve myself and uh, improve as a player and develop um, is also a goal like getting into squads is one thing but to develop as a player is also really important yeah 100% I think obviously I've got like tangible things like obviously the summer series of Six Nations um, the 20s and then 25 World Cup but like just a focus for me at the moment I think is backing myself and I can join the journey I think we, everyone talks so much about like goals and oh, I want to do this I want to do that but if you don't enjoy the journey you probably won't get to the destination so yeah just enjoying what I'm doing and go with it that's great man. that is class <laughs> 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 that one <laughs> I think I don't know how much you two have read about this about the potential British Lions um, I believe there's an announcement coming this week but don't want to say too much about it just kind of what are your thoughts on that and would it be something that you'd be kind of wanting to play for as that kind of would that be something that's setting your goals or aspirations heading forward I mean like that would be a surreal experience to play like with all the, all the nations and um, be, a, be one team and go away and play um, in either Australia or South Africa or something like that but yeah, of course, that would be something that I'd look forward to, but it's going to be tough. There's great players in every nation, so to get into that squad, you've got to work on and put the effort in. Yeah, I mean, like Amelia said, I think it would be a pretty crazy, crazy opportunity to have. I'm not quite sure if women's rugby is ready for it yet, just, you know, because I think if a squad was picked for the British and Irish Lions tomorrow, 90% of it would probably be the Red Roses, so I think other nations need to be able to be brought up to that level as well obviously they've only just turned professional um, but yeah I mean if that opportunity came knocking I'd definitely take it <laughs> perfect so both uh, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to chat to us and best look for the rest of the season thank you oh. As we just spoke about with Ella and Amelia there about the British Lions the announcement and that announcement was made on Tuesday if you listen to this well, today for me, but Tuesday, if you listen to this later in the week, um, that the creation of a women's live team has been confirmed in the inaugural women's team will tour New Zealand in September 27, um, play three test matches against the Black Ferns and also a num number of kind of pre-test matches as well, kind of just 
mirroring what a mentor would look like. Just to go into my thoughts on it, I think I actually agree with what Ella Cromack said there. I think it's maybe a little bit too soon for the women's game, kind of walking and running while we can't walk yet in the women's game. I think it will be brilliant when it happens. It'll be really exciting to see picking the teams. Cause I know full well I will enjoy picking my potential Lions 23. Full well I know I'll be end up doing that by the end of the summer. But I think it's just something that we need to be careful with. Obviously, the squad makeup is going to be an issue because, say, if you're picking it, picking a line squad in the summer, it is going to be 90% of the Red Roses. And then you've got to look at the other options. Say, this first tour to New Zealand, brilliant. They are the world champions currently. They might not be come 2025. But what, what would another line tour look like? You can't go to Australia yet because they're not quite there. You can't go to South Africa because they're not there. Do you go to the do you go to the North Americas, play USA and Canada or a North American Select 15? Do you go to France, play the French, play all the Elite One feminine teams? That could work. Or do you bring a World 15 over to the UK and play a British Lions team against the Worlds? That could work. But I think it's just about not copying the men's game, not mirroring the men's game and making the women's lines something of their own and not just a carbon copy of what the men's lines looks like because that's not what the women's game needs at the moment. The women's game needs to have its own identity. It needs to have some of that its own and not just mirroring the men's game. Because I feel like this is a little bit of what this announcement has done is mirroring what the men's game lines look like. And I think I do agree it's a little bit too soon for the women's game like Ellis. And I think it's, again, just a little bit of running before we can walk in terms of this kind of grand tour for the women's lines. But enough of my opinions on that after... Starting to be Exeter on Saturday. We spoke to George Evans. You will have seen our chat with her on over on Instagram. But a little bit we didn't put in there was about her thoughts on the British Lions. So here's what George thinks about that there. Um, I think as a group um, of players, like international players and, and all the like, we've always spoken about like if it was a possibility, it'd be really, really cool. And it's something that um, potentially would look different to how the men's look, but that's something that we can make our own. Um, from a personal perspective, like it's it's almost like when the World Cup comes around, it gives you that extra motivation to always want to be on the pitch, play your best every week. But again, that just comes from consistently playing, consistently playing well. And when you get the the results that we have this year, it only puts you in good stead to, to put yourself in the limelight. Um, something I never thought was possible, even when um, Cap for Wales, it was always like one of the pipe dreams that would come about when I'd retire or um, the likes like that. So. For it to actually be a possibility and for it to potentially happen is something like crazy exciting for women's rugby itself um, and for all of us to, to push forward and to be able to play. I have the luxury of playing with Wales internationals. Coming here, I have the luxury of playing with Canadians, English, Scottish, all the girls. To go into the Lions and play with the best of the best would be something that anyone would relish at this stage. Moving on from the Lions chat and England under-20s chat, just a little bit of a look at the PBR. We're going to hear from Alex Osprey and Sophie Bridger in a minute. But looking back at last weekend results, Harlequins beat Loughborough. Sorry, Loughborough beat Harlequins 29-26. Bristol Bears beat Leicester Tigers at Welford Road 50-12. Saracens beat Exeter Chiefs 39-26. And the Trailfinders lost narrowly at home to Gloucester Hartbury 33-27. Heading into this weekend, one game on Sunday, see Sale Sharks take on Leicester Tigers. But on Saturday, we have Bristol Bears against Harlequins, Loughborough against Trailfinders women, and also the big one, Gloucester Hartbury, last year's finalists, last year's winners against Saracens, so many times previous winners at Kingsholm. It's going to be a cracker. 
Here's Alex Osterby and Sophie Bridger. Sophie, just first of all, um, hope all the recovery has gone well after Exeter on Saturday. Just obviously returning back to King's home in Gloucester on Saturday coming. Just how excited are you for that? Yeah, very excited. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a hell of a day, and you know, like it'll be nice to play against the girls and go at it. But yeah, really excited. Um, have you kind of had any communication with the Gloucester players in recent weeks, or is it kind of being shot in the last couple of days? <laughs> uh, no, no, well, nothing about rugby anyway. Um, I tend to kind of, I think we all like obviously both, we all know it's coming, but yeah, we're not not chatting too much about it. But yeah, but all all's, all's going well there. All's good. It's just yeah, nothing bad. <laughs> obviously, just moving to Saracens at the start of the season, just kind of how much have you enjoyed the move and. How proud of you to kind of be wearing such a famous jersey within rugby? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's Saris has obviously been around for for so long and kind of paved the way for women's rugby. So it's really exciting to be kind of now in that shirt and represented and playing week in week out like I am. And it's a privilege to be able to do that. And sometimes I just take a step back and realize that, and to play with some of the girls that I am, like the some of the girls that we have here, like legends in the game already in their own right and um yeah just sort of great honor to get involved uh, especially with the girls and then with the coaching staff as well and just the whole setup hey, how much are you learning from the players obviously playing in the back line you don't have, have people like marley but marley leading the team she plays like zoe harrison as well just how much are you learning from people who have so many international caps already yeah and it like I might not play obviously like right next to Marley, but I still have quite a lot of interaction with her, like on the pitch with being the positions that we are and just like the little the small chat there and like off the pitch as well to get to know her and you know, like her leadership and her captaincy is like a massive part of, of who she is and she does it really, really well. Um and it's yeah, it's an honor to be able to like for her to captain us and then like people like Zoe, for example, like you can't I can't get much better than you know than having Zoe there so um, I get to learn real well off her and obviously she hasn't been playing but she's been in and around training and um, helping me like a lot with that as well so it's all good. Did it take much settling into the stay? It's obviously kind of a big move away from Park Free somewhere you've spent so much time on with kind of uni-wise but did it take much settling in down at the Stonex? Yeah literally straight away um, from the moment I arrived kind of like had everyone Come and choose themselves and they get to know me. Um, and like vice versa, I just kind of jumped straight into it. Helpful that I obviously knew some of the girls already. So it kind of gives you like that automatic in. Um, but yeah, like got in with everyone, like, introduced myself to the people I didn't know and just got really involved and everyone was exactly the same. Like it's just, yeah, it's really nice. And obviously there's so many kind of, not just the English players who you will have known from kind of England camps and Red Roses camps, also internationals kind of cross broad a lot, Canadians just... How important is it for yourself to kind of learn a different kind of style of play, new new cultures, kind of enjoying your rugby with different people, not just people you used to? Yeah, like it, obviously every club's going to be different, and um, obviously only really experienced Gloucester, and so moving um, to Saris and then obviously with England as well is actually really exciting um, to understand how everyone sees different scenarios and what different people need from me when we're playing and all that kind of thing um, has really helped me grow as a player. And like, I live with some of the Canadians anyway, so that's real good. That's really good as well. And obviously you're seven from seven now in the league and kind of a perfect record in that. Just how important is that momentum heading into Gloucester? Obviously last year's finalist winners, as you will know. Um, just how important is that momentum? 
Yeah, Massa, I think we're we're confident with where we are, but we keep saying week on week, like we've got um so much more to go and we've got so much more in us, but we're growing and I think you know the the seven for seven is, is fabulous, like it's a great start, but um yeah, we've just got um Scott got a while to go and we're just growing back. Just how special are these kind of big games? It's the top two in the league, both of you unbeaten. Is it kind of what you play for in rugby, kind of those bigger occasions? Yeah, the big games is is why you play, isn't it? Like the nerves, the excitement, the crowds, everything with it like adds to the occasion. But um end of the day, like it's a game of rugby and that's what we'll go back to and we'll go back to our, our principles and how we how we do everything and just um play the game that we play. Have the coaching staff leaned on you at all this week to kind of how to beat Gloucester? Obviously, you're so used to that kind of style of play. You kind of you kind of sought any advice from you? Um, no, I think like we just stick to our to our game and um the normal like analysis that we do and we'll, and I think like that's that's the way that we're gonna go into it. Um we know what we can do and yes, we know like what they might bring, but um at the end of the day, like we don't wanna look obviously focus too much on that on them like we want to focus on us perfect all good and um, best of luck for the weekend oh thank you obviously i spoke to you uh after the game on saturday but you're a few kind of more days out from that now just how do you reflect a few days on from the win over exeter <laughs> not too dissimilar to, to saturday i mean to be honest that uh, we obviously watched the games back saturday evening sunday get the review clips sorted uh prep the goals for yesterday and, and today and we're very much looking forward to to Gloucester Hartbury now so it it sounds a little bit easy but it is almost like we've that's we've taken what we need from that game now we've tried to apply some of that this evening session and today's skill session but it very much is you know we, we got five points against a very good side uh which kept the momentum building but now it's 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 done it's it's in the past now it's uh the next challenge and you know in this league they come thick and fast we seem to mention the momentum quite often with Saracens just how actually important is that heading into obviously Gloucester now last year's last year's winners? He played the finalists last week. Just how important is that for the momentum? Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, it's like if you do starts off bad, it, it takes a bit to turn it around, doesn't it? You can't, and you know, it then starts going from bad to worse. But you know, it is. It it, it it's a everyone's got a spring in a step. There's a bit more confidence. It's it it becomes infectious. It becomes you know like you want to you want more of it, don't you? And and if things don't go as well, you're finding ways and almost like you're working too hard to try fix things sometimes. Whereas if things are going in the right direction, it's you know you, you can fix the the roof while the sun shines. But you've got that positive bounce. Everyone's everyone's confident. Everyone's that little bit happier. And obviously, if, if things don't go your way, then it, it sometimes that a bit more of a struggle or people almost look at things in granular detail, which means that it becomes almost obsessive with the problem rather than looking at the fix. So, yeah, in terms of having a few wins on the bounce, massively positive. But I think it's, you know, the, the thing that we have to keep reflecting on and keep keep kind of like linking into his performance, you know, what we're doing well, where are the bits that we can make those improvements? Because ultimately, as I keep saying as well, you know, momentum is a result of building and learning. Uh, and there's still, you know, there's an immense amount of this season left to go. So it's been a good start, but counts for nothing. You know, what did the Philadelphia uh, Eagles do yesterday? You know, they won, well, they won the first 10 games of their league and then were one and done in the playoffs. So, you know, there's enough stories in sport where you've got to capture momentum, keep momentum. And, you know, we, we're trying our best to do that. And just kind of how do you go about beating a team like Gloucester, obviously, last year's winners? Uh, well, if 
first and foremost, I heard Sophie kind of talking about you know, you got to look at yourself. If you become too too over analytical of them and too kind of caught up in what they do, you lose sight of the things that you do really well. So let's have a look at what we've done well. Like say where we see there's opportunities, where we see our points of difference. And then it's kind of look, well, where are they going to cause us harm? Do we match up well in these areas? If if so, then you know we can turn something that is a strength of theirs into something we can use against them. And where they've got areas that they can hurt us, how can we come up with solutions, you know, tactically around around minimizing the impact on that? But I think coaches are sometimes guilty of making the game pretty complicated. It's catch, you know, pass, run, tackle. If you do those things quite well, you're going to put yourself in a good place. And then it's making sure in the key moments. Uh, that you you have you have the big plays and and again you know if you look at some of the held up tries over the last few weeks um, that they've been pivotal for us and scores off you know off counter attack have been pretty key for us so they're huge swings in momentum and just just give you that breathing room and you know, they'll be yeah we expect a real tough battle the breakdown will be you know highly contested the scrum line out will be the two platforms where everyone's looking to play off but I think it's in the open field and the the multi face stuff which team can can control those the most and make the most of them. And that's where, you know, Gloucester have proven not, you know, not just this season, but last season when they did win the league and, and other seasons that they're dangerous from anywhere and they're a very good side. So we, you know, we, we, we welcome the challenge, but we know we've got to be really on our, on our game to, to get the result. And, and like I say, the performance that we want. Thank you all for listening or watching to this week's episode of the Women's Rugby Show Weekly Podcast. But on a week where we've had Ella Promac on the pod, I think it would be remiss of me not to mention the fundraiser for her, her father, Simon, over on GoFundMe. Um, her dad, Simon, has recently been diagnosed with an incurable brain tumour and this GoFundMe page has been set up in order to for Simon to re- receive more proven treatments which can extend his life and then enable him to see Ella fulfil her dream of playing for the Red Roses, as she mentioned earlier. It's one of her aspirations was how important family is to her. And I think that's why you will have seen this um, go from this page across social medias already, but we just thought we'd give it another shout-out on the pod today, especially having Ella on this week. And I think it's just important that the rugby community and the wider sports community to support um, this as much as they can and just a reminder of the page is gofundme.com forward slash give Simon time. Or if you just search it, I'm sure it'll be across social media. Give Simon time to see Ella play for the Red Roses.